Welcome to the Two Cities Podcast, a podcast about theology, culture, and discipleship. And this is episode 174. In this episode, we are talking about beef and Asian American Christianity with Pastor Jason Min. Pastor Jason Min is lead pastor at Citizens LA, a church in downtown Los Angeles. He also co-hosts a podcast called Off the Pulpit and was recently an important part of those memorable church scenes in the Netflix A24 production of Beef. Team members on the episode from the two cities are Dr. Brandon Hurlbert, Dr. Chris Porter, Dr. Grace Singling Ng, Stanley Ng, Dr. Logan Williams, and myself, Dr. Chris Song. Today we're talking about the Netflix A24 production of Beef, uh, starring Stephen Yoon and Ali Wong, and in particular, the conversations that arise from that show and its portrayal of church, and in particular, Asian American church and Asian American church experiences. Our guest, uh, Pastor Jason Min, was a consultant and uh, an actor in the show, along with his brother. And he was particularly involved in the church scenes um, and the way that church music plays a part uh, in uh, some of the important scenes of that show. And I really enjoyed our conversation with Pastor Jason. Uh, What did everybody else think? Yeah, I really appreciated Jason's deep dive into the the nature of what it means to, to be portraying Asian Americans on screen, and especially in a church context, and his reflections about the complexity of what that looks like. I really appreciated the stories that uh, Jason told about the conversations that he had with his own church band, who portrayed the, the church band in, in Beef, about how they were going to go about portraying themselves. There's some really interesting and insightful stories uh, about that on this podcast. I really appreciated Jason's reflections on uh, him being a pastor of, of a Asian American church in, in LA, his role in portraying the church uh, uh, church experience uh, in Beef. It was really interesting to hear him reflect on uh, both of those. It was so great to listen to Jason Min and his experience just being on set. I mean, I'm a little jealous myself, but it's so great to hear um, how just a fellow brother and a fellow Asian American brother um, who is I mean, pastoring such a vibrant church, um, how he how uh, his experience was just just portraying the Asian American church on set. Um, it's interesting to, because this is probably one of the first times we'll be uh, we've seen um, just an authentic Asian American experience church experience. Uh, being recorded um, with video, and just coming from my own personal background, pastoring within the Asian American church, um, it's it was just really refreshing. But at the same time, um, as you will hear in his stories, just how um, some things also uh, just come up from my from the past as well, which you know I myself um, have experienced both positive and um, traumatic as well. I think I really appreciated Pastor Jason saying how, yeah, they just wanted to portray worship at a church as authentic as possible and how there's a lot of complexity in that and um, people's responses to that uh, based on their backgrounds. And yeah, just showing the brokenness and all the beauty and all of the complexity of the church all in one place. Before we begin, we should note that there's been controversy uh, regarding the casting choice of David Che in the show Beef and some of the controversial statements that he had made in a previous podcast. We all agree that his comments were inappropriate and actually appalling. Also, don't feel that it detracts from the value of the show and the contributions um, it can make to the conversations that we're trying to have today. And with that, here's our conversation with Pastor Jason Min. Pastor Jason, we are uh, very happy to have you join our conversation today. Um, You uh, made an appearance on the Netflix A24 uh, production of Beef. you were the electric guitarist in uh, these church scenes. And I have to admit, uh, Jason, that I, 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 was, I was pausing some of these scenes. I was staring at the uh, white Telecaster 
uh, the, uh, the, the, the massive pedal board. It's just some of the details that made that scene so striking for a lot of us viewers, um, opening up a window on how we experience church. Um, the guitar tone was very much on point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that. You know, it's nice. And uh, as I said, it's it, it opens up a window for a lot of us that uh, maybe for some of us powerfully, for some of us uncomfortably, uh, uh, looking at and capturing how many of us experience church. And maybe mm. we should start here. Um, uh, can you talk a little bit about your involvement with the project, how it came to be? Um, and uh, I guess there's a lot to talk about here, but just briefly on on your experience with it, how you got on the project, and and we'll start there. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting because um, I, I joke around with people that um, on my tombstone, um, after all is said and done, it's it's gonna say electric guitarist in beef, um, and I never imagined, um, you know, when I originally got involved with the show, um, I just I had no conception of what it was gonna be like, you know, even my involvement seemed so strange and so um to see the show take off and especially to see those church scenes um spark so much conversation <clears throat> has been so interesting for me personally but um yeah the the way i got involved with the show so the show's creator um sung jin lee um who goes by sunny as well um he and I were best friends uh, in college. And so we both went to the University of Pennsylvania. Um, I basically was, um, he was a senior when I was a sophomore. Um, and, uh, you know, we just spent every waking moment with each other. Um, you know, this was, you know, a time when this was like pre- facebook pre-gmail you know um and a different time but even then you know he he showed sparks of creative genius and um you know i kind of had the opportunity to see his entire journey um you know after college his first job was in finance but i knew he had this like desire to go into entertainment so he basically to the shock of you know all of us um he went after graduation he left his finance job and went to work as an mbc page um, making minimum wage and he literally his story is like truly a rags to riches type of story where he worked his way from the ground up moved across country um you know and he was like he's he's been grinding for a long time and so just just having a front row seat to that journey has been really amazing. And a few years ago, he reached out to me and he, and he said, I, hey, I'm working on this show called Beef and it's going to star Steven Yun and Ali Wong. And, you know, it's a lot, a large part of it is going to be um, in, involve the, the Asian American experience, specifically the Korean American experience. And he says, I can't tell a story about the Korean American experience without talking about the church or in involving the church in some way. So originally he asked me to just come on in a purely consulting capacity because he knew I was um, pastoring a church and, you know, uh, he had me just sit with his writers and they were asking me different questions. Um, they had, you know, as part of their field research, they had to watch some of our live streams and listen to some sermons and things like that. And they had a lot of fascinating questions, which, for me, it was such, an, such a great experience because it reminded me that so much of what we do in the church is so weird for everyone who's outside of the church. You know, like people were asking me, we noticed that a lot of the songs that you sing, you know, talk about blood, you know, that it seems kind of strange. And, and you realize like if you're in the church, that's so normal for you. And yet from outside the church, you're like, that is strange you know that these people gather together and they're all basically like singing in unison these songs about someone's blood you know and so it was an opportunity for me to explain some of that and you know talk through some of the nuances and and then they were gonna basically you know write the show but what happened was i think 
as they began to write for the show. So both Sonny and Steven, they have roots in the church and they both grew up in the church. And I think at some point, um, I don't know if it was Steven or Sonny, but they began to think, you know, we don't want this to be a parody of the church. So we don't want to cast actors to then figure out how to play churchgoers or play church band members because we know that no matter how you slice it, that's just going to end up caricaturing the church. And they're like, especially given that this might be the first big window into the Korean American church um, when it comes to mainstream media, they were like, we want it to be an authentic expression of what all of us experienced. And so that conversation led to him asking me, hey, Jason, can you just at least produce all the church music that we're going to do? Because we want it to be actually an authentic worship band playing this stuff, which then moved to, ooh, like I, we want you to be in the scene itself, um, you know, because, yeah, we... And, and it was funny because when they started, when he started writing it, um, he originally told me, I want to cast your brother as the worship leader. And, you know, he was, he was like, I just think that would be so perfectly fitting because that was what you have done. Um, you know, before being a pastor, I was a worship director and have been leading worship my entire life. And so I want your brother to play the worship leader, but I would love for you to be in the band with him. And if you know any other musicians, and so, of course, you know, um, tapped our own worship team to basically do it. And so essentially, like, you know, we had to then as a team talk about this as to like, how are we going to portray? We felt like this huge burden, you know, because this might be the first time people see like a Korean American worship team on TV. And we had to come to the conclusion to say, you know what, we're not going to actually do anything different and we're not going to try to act a part. Um, we're just going to worship. And um, if people cringe at the scene um, or if people laugh at it, um, at least we can walk away with a clear conscience saying they're laughing at something that's authentic, you know, and they're laughing at something that we do on a weekly basis. And so from the beginning, even when we were rehearsing, um, to play the songs, you know, we were, our goal was let's get to that place of worship and let's just do what we do and, you know, see where that goes. And so that's kind of the backstory of how, how it all happened. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The, um, the, uh, you mentioned the words authenticity. I mean, that, that really does shine. It's one of the enduring uh, memories that I have of the show. We continue to talk about it among friends, among folks in my own church, um, there was something very special that was captured there. Um, and definitely special for you that your brother, Justin, uh, who plays uh, the, the untouchable Edwin, <laughs> um, that, was, uh, that, that must have been really special. Um, I, have, I was going to save this question for later, but I have to ask now, um, do you guys still sing Come to the Altar at, at Citizens LA or is that song retired? You just have done it too much and the association with the show is too heavy. Yeah, it's hilarious because we haven't sung it in a while. And, you know, uh, Beef came out the week of Easter Sunday. And so we got so many questions from people being like, are you going to play Oh Come to the Altar? And, we, you know, we said, we're not that shameless, you know. Um, and so we, we haven't played it. Um, and it's really funny because a, a whole bunch of our church members were actually background. Um, they did, you know, they were the extras um, who played the church goers. And so, um, yeah, and, and it was funny to see them worshiping on set because I was like, I better see you raise your hands like that on Sunday because I don't think I've seen that. Um, but yeah, we haven't played it since. <laughs> You uh, you appeared on uh, several articles, particularly on Christianity Today, and one of the things that you had said was that you were ho you were hoping that this would be a starting point for more conversations um, between the show and folks' experience with church or post church, um, and uh, I was hoping that this would be one of those conversations. Ha has there been? 
um, things that you uh, have been able to talk about um, or types of conversations that you've had about the show since then? And um, if, if so, what, what do they look like at this point? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's probably been the um, most surprising and encouraging um, aspect of, of my personal involvement in the show, because I think especially pastoring a church of predominantly Korean Americans, you realize that so much of their experiences um, growing up in the church just hasn't been talked about or reflected anywhere. And, you know, people, it's, it's so funny because it's it, in some sense, it's so universal. It's like, I, there are people in our church church who grew up in the middle of Iowa who had the same exact youth group experiences as those of us who grew up in Orange County, in Boston, in New York, in, in, in the South. And so um, even just to name like, man, was that your experience too? And to start talking about some of these things um, has been really, has been really great. Um, one thing I found in a lot of these conversations is that um, so much of the deconstruction of faith that you know, that we've seen and, and we've had a lot of people come through our church who are in the process of deconstructing. Um, you realize that so much of that deconstruction has roots in their, you know, childhood church experiences, um, you know, in um, and so much like it's it's crazy how that I don't know, two minute long scene, especially in episode three, it was like they didn't even need to go any further. Like just to see that was like a portal into like, it just brought back so many memories for people that I think that maybe they had either shoved away somewhere in their mind. Um, and so I would just say, even just on a baseline level, talking about the churches in which they grew up, how that shaped their understanding of spirituality, the different authority figures that were a part of their lives and what, how they kind of portrayed Christ to them um, and how, and, and just talking about all the baggage they're bringing now into the church um, and how that's shaped maybe certain expectations, um, how that's shaping the way they receive certain things, even from the pulpit, just all of that, I feel like, has never really been talked about. And the show has sparked so many of those kinds of conversations. It's, it seems to me that there's, you know, there's a stark difference between often the way that Christians are portrayed in like major um, films or series. Like I think of Stranger Things where, you know, no, not many modern Christians would recognize the, the Christian kind of like Bible thumping guy as like, representative of anyone they they really know uh, let alone themselves and then on the other hand you have christians kind of caricaturing themselves with stuff like god's not dead and which is also just kind of fantastical and equally as unrealistic mm -hmm. um i guess i'm wondering what your reflections are on the fact that like this actually is in a like major film like popular film, se uh, film series tv series representing something that people can actually see themselves in like oh i remember that or oh that's like my experience um and the kind of engagement with like real life christianity and not this kind of either fantasized christianity like god's not dead or this like demonized christianity of stranger things like i just w wonder if you have any reflections on like what that means for the representation of christians in film and tv going forward or just what that means for Christians and especially Korean American Christians uh, being, you know, noticing that they're being represented in this kind of accurate light. Yeah, that, that, that's a great, um, a great, I mean, great insight. And I, and I guess the first thing I'll say is, yeah, like um, a lot of the original articles and um, kind of, I guess, the social media um, response to those scenes. Um, you had a lot of people talking about how that those scenes were triggering and um, mm. they talked about it, it was kind of like um, it was an insight into their trauma 
essentially. And I got a lot of questions um, based on that being like, are you okay as a pastor that this first kind of what we would say accurate representation of Asian American church in the media feels so like damning in some ways. Um, and people even sent me like some of the articles that were written about how, you know, that shows how, how manipulative the church is. And, and people were, were saying like, does that like discourage you? And for me, like my answer was no, partly because I, I just don't think that we have, especially Asian Americans have ever had the space to even name um, some of the things that have happened, even uh, the traumatic things. And I think the beauty of the show and the portrayal of the church in the show was that it didn't necessarily make a moral judgment per se on the church itself. You know, I think Sonny himself in an interview said the goal of the scene was not to overly glorify the church, but also wasn't to overly lampoon the church either. And I think you're, you're hitting on something so um, important, which is, I think up to this point, depictions of the church have been so extreme, like to, to one level, like, you know, either it was, it's like perfect or it was horrible. And I felt that the, the depiction was very real in that it showed some level of both glory and brokenness um, in the same space that they could exist, exist together, you know, and it's, you know, it's been a, it's been a great avenue, even as a pastor to curb people's expectations for, especially those who are coming back to the church and ask me even like, what, what should we expect at citizens? And I say to them, you should expect a mix of glory and brokenness, you know, um, you're going to see some, um, incredible selfless acts of generosity kindness you're going to see you're going to meet some incredible people who embody christ in in some really profound ways and and i can say that having experienced this myself but you're also going to see a lot of the brokenness of humanity in the church as well you know you're going to see division and unforgiveness and gossip and um you know i think part of the beauty of that scene is to say like, this is the church. It's an imperfect, um, messy group of people who need the grace of God, you know? And I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that like after that scene where Stephen cries, um, it just kind of moves on to the next thing, you know? Um, it's like, it leaves it up to the viewer to ask, was that real? You know, were the, in that moment, was that real emotion? You know, was that the Holy Spirit? Was that momentary manipulation? Because then he he goes off and he he's still doing shady things. You know, was it is it a mix of both? Like, could it be real and and not have a transformative? Like, it never answers those questions, and I think that's okay. And I think that's almost the beauty of the scene. It kind of like you realize, like in a church, you're gonna get everything on both sides and everything in between. So, yeah. Thanks so much, Jason. Uh, interested in the that nature of of the portrayal of of church and the and the messiness and and the the reality of it. I guess um, one of the the areas that seems to be coming through is how it it almost appears you know an Orientalist portrayal where um, people see this an Asian American church and recognize some parts of it but other parts are very foreign to them um mainly because of ethnicity and you know many of us here are asian we often feel that uh you know the gaze of of whiteness looking in on us mm -hmm. saying this is the, the, the you are like us but you are not like us at the same time how how have you ex experienced that and, and is that actually a, as big a um a factor in the states, I mean, coming from outside of the states, I'm only looking on as well. I'm, I'm, I have some of that Orientalist gaze coming from Australia as well. So, um, interested in in how that's functioning uh, within the the Asian American context. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think that's that's huge. And and talking to Sonny about the show, um, and hearing a lot of what he said about the show. <clears throat> and specifically about those scenes um, has been really interesting for me personally, because even shooting the scenes, 
I, there was a part of me that thought to myself, is this too niche? Like, is, you know, are we getting so specific here that, um, like the majority white culture is not gonna understand it, approve of it. You know, there was definitely that, um, I, like, I, I wondered that, you know, cause he would ask me like, he, he got down so specific to like, Hey, what kind of belts did we used to wear, you know, in, in the church or like, you know, in the fellowship hall, like, is it oranges or donuts and I, you know i was like it had to be donuts in the pink box you know it, it, it was there was no doubt about that and and something he said which was really interesting um netflix um and a24 they were constantly telling him to get more specific like just just go so so specific that it almost feels like now you're like getting so niche and it was interesting what they said, um, you know, they said there is universality in specificity. And I think the idea was that the more specific you get to your actual experience, um, the more authentic it will be. And so even though maybe not everyone watching can connect to the experience itself, everyone can connect to authenticity. And so they were like, get get more specific and i think if anything th what this what i hope will come from this show is not that this will become now the only depiction of like the asian american church or the asian american experience um because i think that's when you get the tendency to orientalize a lot you know it's like oh that's what the asian american church is i think like i hope what will come from this is now so many more stories and so many more depictions just to show people just how complex, diverse kind of people's experiences are. And so I hope this is just one of many windows into the Asian American experience. One thing that I'm curious to know about, especially when you talked about uh, specifics, especially as uh, show writers and, um, and others are just trying to kind of pinpoint on certain things like you mentioned, as you just mentioned, as you're responding to Chris here, um, as, a, as a former pastor myself, uh, one thing I'm always looking at is uh, leadership and how leaders were portrayed. Now, I understand there's obviously the, the the Edwin part of it, which was, you know, part of the storyline there. But um, I think like a side character that I was really interested in was the pastor, for example, of the church. Um, so I just wanted to hear a little bit about, um, you know, as you were um, just on set and as they were asking, you know, probing you with so many questions, um, the, a lot of the experiences we've been talking about so far is uh, maybe the, the nature of, of individuals, um, there's the worship experience. Uh, I'm curious to know about just in terms of leadership and how, um, first off, how, like, what, what was I wouldn't, I, what was their angle, I guess? Uh, what were they trying to, uh, what was one thing they were trying to get at? Um, like there's one particular scene and I think it was a short statement from that pastor who said, uh, you know, this is like what the mega churches are doing, right? Um, and that kind of caught me off guard because, um, you know, to be honest, as a as a former pastor of a predominantly Asian American uh, context, um, I would say that I'm guilty of probably maybe saying that once in a while here and there. Um, so I just want to get your thoughts on that um, and uh, what you see in terms of um, how the portrayal of leadership now um, within this Asian American context, um, how that uh, is going to uh, kind of um, kind of blossom kind of in the future, just as you've been responding to regarding um, just uh, the worship experience, the church experience as well. Yeah, um, it was so funny because I got on set and you didn't even need to tell me who was playing the pastor because I saw this guy walking around and I was like, that guy has to be the pastor. And, I, and the funny thing is he's not a he's not an actual pastor. He, he's an actor, but I don't know what kind of like um, method acting or, or training he was doing because he just portrayed. He, everyone on the team was like, that was my youth pastor, you know, like that, that is him in the flesh. And it was hilarious because he actually came to visit citizens a couple weeks after shooting and him, he was walking around and 
I could have told people he was the new assistant pastor at the church and they would have believed they would have believed it, you know? And so it was funny because even on set, he was asking me, hey, like, um, how would you pray for that person? If you know, and he, he was like, would you put your hand on their head on, on your back? And it was it was weird having him ask me because I was like, you look more like a pastor than I do. Um, but all, all that to say, um, I thought he he kind of he understood the assignment. Let's just say that, and he he portrayed it so well. Um, but to your to your point, it, that it, that line also stood out to me because it even as a pastor, I've been talking about this recently that I. I would say it's only been in the last even year or two that I've been comfortable saying that Citizens is an Asian American church. And I realized that for so long, um, I don't know if it's because uh, I have immigrant parents and um, the, the, their kind of like hope for me was to be, to completely assimilate um, into white culture, but at least growing up, um, Asian American churches were definitely the JV, you know, and, and varsity was like, you knew you made it if you could go serve at a white church or at a mega church, you know, and that was like, if any of our friends, you know, started pastoring at a, at a white mega church, it was like, you made it like you, you really did it, you know? Um, and it was, it, it was interesting because, um, even, um, a few years ago, like even if our entire community was Asian American, like people would ask me, like, are you an Asian American church? I would be like, no, 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 we're trying to be diverse or multi-ethnic. And it's only been very recently that I've more fully embraced the fact that we are Asian American. And I think it matters because um, one, I think um, it, it in some ways um, honors um, our culture and our experience. Um, but two, I think it, it, um, it reminds us how much we have to contextualize our ministry, you know? Um, so like, I'll give you a perfect example. And, you know, a, a mentor of mine, he called me out on this um, early on in my ministry. And I I'm, I'm eternally grateful for it because it changed everything. You know, one of the things that I grew up um, like Tim Keller was is the goat in my you know he was the guy I tried to you know be like and emulate and you know his preaching has had the greatest influence on me and it was interesting because you know as a lot of Korean American pastors do when they take from Tim Keller the thing that Tim Keller did so well in New York that was so mind blowing to people there was when he started saying things like you know in the gospel, like God is not your boss, you know, he's not this like overbearing boss, he's your father, you know, who loves you. And so we obviously, you know, we love that we took that. And I started, we started doing preaching that way to our churches, you know, God is not your boss, he's your father. But my men a mentor of mine was like, Jason, you realize that for the majority of your congregation, their boss is better than their father, you know, like, that is not preaching to them, you know, like they're like, what? God is my father. So he's distant, doesn't spend any time with me. Like he's overbearing, like give me my boss, you know? And so just that little, like him pointing that out was like, oh, it was like this awareness, like I'm pastoring an Asian American church, you know, and I need to understand our people's unique experiences and I need to now contextualize the gospel in a way that is compelling for them. And so um, all of that is, is really, um, has, has really helped me. So all that to say, that line about the megachurch, it really spoke to me as well. Yeah. I'm really glad to hear you um, uh, talk about your own church that you pastor and maybe grappling with identifying as Asian American. Um, you know, I some of the lessons out of beef, I mean, as we're talking about, it's notable for being uh, Asian led in its creation, production, casting. Um, and as a result, it, it really does shine as, as, as providing a unique 
uh, a unique entry point into talking about anger um, and family um, and resentment and a lot of these big themes that are universal. And so I'm I'm wondering if you're learning anything similar as being an Asian-led church, um, you know, in maybe in relation to the network of churches in LA or um, that are not Asian, um, or just your place in the community that you serve. Um, what is um, what is the contribution or the the lessons that you're learning about being an Asian-led church in in the areas that you're serving? Yeah. Um... Something that um, a friend of mine who also leads a predominantly Asian American church said that re has has really stuck with me is, you know, he said, um, like, like he, we were talking about what is the unique contribution of the Asian American church in this cultural moment for the church. And um, he said, you know, when I think about the church capital C, especially here in the West, he kind of he views it a little bit like we are um, exiles in Babylon, you know, or or he the way he described it uh, was we're kind of like, you know, if if the black church really resonated with like liberation theology, like coming out of Egypt, um, if the white church um, maybe really resonated with more conquest theology going into the promised land, um, he said, I wonder if the Asian American church um, we're we kind of can resonate with wilderness theology or exilic theology and the idea of you know in some sense like not quite being in one place or the other and 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 i, I think the church kind of right now capital c feels like that a little bit like we're we're in this middle place you know we're in a country that is um certainly post-christian you know and yet there are still remnants you know, it's not that like Christ, we're we're persecuted in the literal sense here in America as well. So it's not like we are, you know, there there's we're right in that middle ground. And in some sense, there's nobody who really understands what it's like to be in the between those two worlds and live in that liminal space than Asian Americans, especially I would say, um, for for a second generation Korean American like myself, who like my parents were immigrants. So like I grew up with a very like Korean, you know, traditional Korean upbringing. Um, but then I grew up in America. And so like now trying to find like my bearing, you know, even just as a Korean American um, has been an interesting um, journey. And for most of my life, that has meant just you're not here and you're not there. So you're invisible. But I almost feel like in this season of my life and in this season of the church it might be that that middle place is is the best place to be and so i do feel like the asian american church um has an important voice because we i think it's full of people who understand what it's like to be in that middle space you know and so yeah thanks pastor jason i really appreciate you uh, talking about Asian Americans as being kind of in between two worlds in that like liminal wilderness space. Yeah, that's really interesting to think about. And just as I reflect on that as well, I'm wondering how do we encourage uh, like the Asian American church, like as you said, to kind of own ourselves and own our identity um, and showing that we can contribute and that we have a voice to share like in the conversation because I think yeah a lot of times we do feel invisible or overlooked you know we have that internalized oppression of thinking that the majority white culture is better than we are so you know we put it on ourselves as well so I think just um wondering yeah how do we show up and be seen um even as we're in the wilderness yeah and i mean there's so much kind of resetting that needs to happen because at least for myself i can speak to my personal experience my whole life i've been told that the 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 best way to navigate the world is to just not stir the pot put your head down and and you know don't do anything to to be noticed and then now to kind of say like 
we're going to come out and take up space. Like that's such a, I like so much reverse engineering needs to happen. And I find that even in our congregation, like it's so hard. And even when, even to our own people, when we watch other Asian Americans take up space, it makes us feel a certain way. Like we don't always like commend them. Sometimes we're, we're like, what are they doing? Like, why are they doing that or acting like that? And so I realize how much, um, I don't know, unpacking needs to happen. And I, and, and you spoke to something that I think is really big is I see a lot of self-hatred when it comes to like, um, our Asian Americanness. And so, I mean, I think the first thing is, um, we need way more, um, conversations around our personal experience. Um, we need conversations around, um, we need a lot more education about our history. Um, so many times we are brought in somewhere like we are kind of brought in as a middle between in the black, white conversation, or like we get caught in the middle of the black, white binary. And a perfect example of this is, um, a member of our church recently made a documentary called liquor store dreams. And it was about the Asian American, uh, like her personal experience as, um, the daughter of a liquor store owner. And, um, you know, the, the documentary was extremely powerful and it talked about her parents experience in the 1992 LA riots and it talked about a lot of these things and a question she showed, she screened the documentary at our church and there was a question, um, that came up and it was a great question. And the question was, um, have you screened this for a black audience? And she said, no, partly because I created this for Asian Americans. And that was interesting because the question held a certain premise that in order for like this documentary to be legitimate, you know, it has to be screened for either a black audience or a white audience. Cause we, we need to know what they think about this, you know, and she kind of like reframed the question to say, you know, I, I realized I just wanted to create something actually for our community, for us to start talking about our history and our experiences um, without talking about how it might intersect or impact um, other communities. We can get there and we need to get there, but we just haven't done enough conversation and had enough like space to talk about our own personal experience living here in the States. And so, yeah, I, I do think just so much more of those kinds of things are necessary. You know, we've been talking a bit about the wilderness and uh, exile. Um, and, you know, interesting, we should mention that as the final episode of the series, uh, they actually get lost in a wilderness. Uh, and they are driven there not by, you know, a, a word from God, but by their own uh, anger and rage and uh, trauma, uh, both partly their fault, partly the fault of others uh, that mm -hmm. has been inflicted upon them. Um, but I think it raises an interesting moment in the uh, in the series that, you know, we've been kind of focused a bit on just the church scene, which, you know, I obviously didn't grow up in a uh, Asian American church, but uh, grew up in church. And that that scene resonated for me. Uh, I, I got teary eyed, you know, mm -hmm. listening to Oh, come um, to the altar, which I love that song. So maybe we should play it more. Um, <laughs> when Stephen Young's character kind of finds grace, mm -hmm. we think that this might be a turning point. And yet, as the story plays out, it does not seem to be. But I wondered if you could maybe reflect a bit more broadly on the on the on the show. And it, are, were there other moments that you mm -hmm. found grace in uh, in the story that you found that the characters found redemption? Are there other moments that resonated with your experience? Maybe uh, not doesn't have to be positive, but could also be negative resonances. Yeah, um, I mean that you know the 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 episode that immediately comes to mind is is the last is the final episode where like you know it's i mean it's such a wild way to end the show and you get these two characters who now have like their hate 
and absolute disdain for one another has essentially you know reached like a like a a boiling point and um you know and i I hope and spoiler alert here um for those who haven't watched the show but um in that final scene or you know in that final episode when they kind of like in in that moment of hallucinations almost switch bodies and kind of like um are able to for a moment live in each other's bodies and you could not have two people though they're both asian americans who have who have lived such different lives but for both of them to kind of see the humanity in one another and you know and and realize like in that moment like their lives have burned down on the outside and all they really have is each other it was just such a profound moment i thought of 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 grace and of people you know so much of i think the the christian faith centers around the fact that like we're all broken you know um and and that no matter how much we try to hide behind our our wealth or our status or our influence like this idea that at the end of the day when everything is stripped away we're all broken sinners in need of grace and i just felt like that final scene just captured that so well because here they are just in the middle of nowhere um you know for all they know like they're you know ali wong's marriage is in shambles you know people have died you know there is like a a whole pile of dead bodies in their wake um and yet there's this moment where they recognize they need each other and and they're both broken and so um i just thought that was a prevalent theme throughout the show and even like even to see my brother's character you know the the one guy like it was funny my parents watched the show and they're like why is your brother so unlikable in the show you know like could they not have portrayed him a little better you know and he was the guy that was like the perfect christian boy and to see even him like you see the cracks um in his in that veneer of perfection um i just thought the sh- the show did such a good job in in terms of showing that every person in that show was broken and in need of grace, you know? And so I appreciated that a lot. Yeah. I I think that's one of the areas that really comes through so strongly is, is the, that, um, the, is the, the need of grace for all of the characters. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I find interesting, uh, with Asian culture though, is that a lot of the time that need of grace is derived from within uh, it's not just an individual, but it's it's the group. Um, you know, as, as Asians, we we laugh when we think about you know phrases like emotional damage or you know, you need to be Asian, not Bijan. Um, yeah, it, just interesting in your reflections then on how that plays it plays itself out in media portrayals of Asians and and Asians in the, in the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many uh, so many of my white friends have just do not understand uh that sort of engagement and and to to some degree myself as an adopted asian um i'm not uh in that same culture in the same way i guess often the way that we frame grace in the church is as an individual um one to one relationship with god or um in, in indeed in beef sometimes it's it's um this one to one relationship between the the two characters who have have their their beef together mm-hmm. um but what we see in the show as well is is that so much of it is uh cultural and so much of it is is a broadly familial uh context you know we have mm-hmm. um the 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 family expectations of what what certain people uh, should and would do and and as you said your your parents had that those expectations of of your brother um so I'm interested in, in your reflections then on on that nature of grace within Asian culture where um things like you know emotional damage and mm. Asian not Bijan uh are things which are so so um so prevalent and yet so foreign to to the majority of people who are going to be watching it yeah oh yeah that's i mean that's a that's a definitely a a, something that's huge that we've been talking a lot about as a church and going back to kind of what i talked about in terms of contextualizing 
um, in the Asian American church because you realize how much the people who come in are have been shaped and are still being shaped by their families of origin, their their parents' expectations of them. And so, you know, to take from um, Pete Scazzaro, Emotionally Healthy Church, like so much of how we've been trying to think through ministry, at least at Citizens, is um, how do we kind of reparent our our community, you know, in a way where, yeah, like it's it's not a, almost not enough um, to just make grace like a just you and God thing. You almost need the entire community to buy into the like the idea and 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 the truth of grace and and share it with one another. Um, and so that's been a, yeah, that has been a huge challenge. Um, because no matter how much I, I preach grace from the pulpit, you realize they walk out of the church and they're, they're still navigating like expectations from their parents. You know, they, you know, they're still like subject to the model minority myth, like, in their workplaces, careers, um, it, you know, it, it's, it's extremely difficult, you know, and it, it, it impacts every aspect of life, you know, um, like it, even for me, like, um, it's funny, like how that same mentor who, who called me out, he, he was saying like, when I told him I struggled to Sabbath and he was like, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, you're a model minority pastor, you know, you, you, don't want to take breaks and you know and the congregation will praise you and approve of you when when they see that you're you're not taking breaks and you're working hard you know and those expectations are even ingrained in the way you're doing ministry and so yeah i think naming those things and naming those dynamics especially in asian american in in an asian american community is really important yeah Pastor Jason, this has been um, such a wonderful conversation, and um, it really can go. Um, I feel like we're just getting started. Um, in my prep, I, I got turned on to the podcast that you co-host with uh, several of your other friends. Um, they are two other pastors, I believe, right up and down the coast of California, mm -hmm. uh, called Off the Off the Pulpit. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And um, I want to direct any of our listeners to go and um, the conversation um, on these themes and many more uh, pertaining to the church and related to the church are available there. It's really, uh, really well done and really insightful conversations. Um, also would encourage anybody in the LA area, if you're looking to connect with the church to, uh, to give citizens LA a visit, you just might hear uh, Jesus calling you to come <laughs> to the altar. <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much, Pastor Jason. It was a wonderful conversation. Thanks so much for having me.